Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Gym Owners Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about the double-edged sword that is CrossFit's approach to handling its affiliates' business models over the course of the years, some of the things they're doing to change that currently, and what we think, some of the pros and cons of the way they're doing it before, um, and kind of what we think their some of their new changes can do for the future. So this one's very much going to be CrossFit affiliate heavy, but if you've been in the franchise space or you're competing against some larger franchises as well. We're going to touch on a lot of those subjects. So before we get started, make sure you join the Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group. Link's in the description. If you want in on our Gear Academy, the link is in the description as well, but go to gymownersrevolution.com. Make sure you're following the show on Instagram for tips, freebies, giveaways, and updates. That's at the Gym Owners Podcast on IG. Follow me at Tyler Stone. That's Tyler E-F-F-I-N Stone. And you can find John at jbanksfl on Instagram. John, let's get right into it. So before we get bunch of people blowing our ears up about this um we know that crossfit is not a franchise we know that so there's going to be a lot of parallels that we're going to draw between some of the, fr the franchise models because there are gyms that we work with that are franchisees um that have multiple locations from a large corporate central hub and we also work with some businesses in other industries as well that are franchises so john and i have a fair amount of experience in the management launching development of franchises as well in the fitness space and outside but I've also owned a CrossFit affiliate in the past. We work with a handful of CrossFit affiliates. So I think it's important to know, obviously know the differences between those, but there's a line that they drew and where they are hands-on at. And it is short of franchising. It is in, it was always in the favor of, uh, what's the word, you know, letting the affiliate owners kind of choose their own path. And it really was mostly supposed to be about a training methodology brand that basically is baked into that <laughs> and pretty much that was it when i opened my affiliate what like legally what did i have to do to carry the crossfit banner three thousand five hundred dollars a year <laughs> i would say it's cash and anyone that was coaching a crossfit class had to spend a thousand dollar certification every five years that was it yeah that was it so it, the barrier to entry is very low um but i think that's part of the reason that crossfit was able to grow obviously because so exponentially also, also, obviously, because there's, you know, some uh, effectiveness in its training. It was very different than what was going on. There's a really leverage the group training fun that goes on in less effective <laughs> training methodologies, if you will, or what, maybe not less effective, less like less holistic, less fully generalized about strength and fitness, yeah. a, a true definition of fitness, not just a jazzercise class or some of the other group stuff that's going on. Group exercise is normally uh, not so effective. The way CrossFit had done it with functional movements, still involving heavily heavy lifting and the high intensity portion, um, that made it effective, but you still then got the real warm, fuzzy community focus benefits of having a group fitness program. Well, legitimately, I felt like when I was a kid, like group fitness was Tybo. Yeah. yeah. Like somebody, a trainer would come, he'd pop in the DVD and they would all do Tybo together. Like it was like, that was, for me, it, it was a total radical difference. Like you said, of like what group fitness was supposed to be yeah. or what it, what it has been up to that point. Whereas John, if we were to open a 24 hour franchise between the, there's the requirements on equipment that we're supposed to have. There's very specific staffing requirements. There's um, requirements and how much money you're supposed to spend on marketing per month. There's their content that needs to be put out for marketing. They will also spend some marketing on your behalf. Uh, they leverage the global brand. You got to leverage your local brand. 
Yeah. Uh, but there's processes that you're getting trickled down from corporate, from hiring to insurance. You get legal backing if there's issues. There's a lot of support that comes from having a franchise that is, if I'm just looking dollars to donuts here, where I'm going to invest money, if I'm just a guy with money, franchises give you a high likelihood of success. Well, and, and across the board, whether it is in the fitness industry or any industry, when you're talking about franchises, it seems to be exclusively that conversation is like people that are not necessarily married to like, they're not passionate about that. They're Correct. passionate about where they can have their money work for them. Yeah. So it's an investment opportunity versus like a calling, right? If you open up a bunch of Papa Murphy fucking pizza places or whatever, it's you're probably not just super, super passionate about selling people like uncooked pizza. Yeah. So what I got from CrossFit HQ um, when we owned our affiliate was before we deaffiliated, when the brand served, when the brand came to no longer serve us, we no longer supported it. So we moved on. Um, truthfully for us, that was kind of always built into uh, our plan, our branding, our name and everything was like, we're going to do this and we're going to give them a chance to keep not fucking this up. And they just kind of kept fucking this up. They kept leaning towards the more extreme, more competitive sides of fitness. There was no support. There was things started going the wrong direction, which is why we ended up deaffiliating. No hard feelings. But that was our, that was our plan from the beginning was this is recognizable. This is what we do. And then they continued to go to the CrossFit Games version of CrossFit, which is fine if you're trying to build a global brand, but not so good if you're trying to get regular people into fitness. Was that a pivot, though? Was that something where like expectations no. were established? And they were then always just... leaning that way. Always yeah. leaning that way. I got, We got in when the brand was still enough, still good enough to serve us and it wasn't yeah. damaging enough to damage us. And then I just got tired of diffusing those conversations. And I was like, no, oh, fuck them. We do what we do. Um, we do fitness. It... They don't own fitness, you know? And so that's that, that was the truth. But what I found was what I got from them was a bill and uh, unsigned printed off Christmas card <laughs> late <laughs> every year. Like, so, and this is no, it's whatever, right? This is a long time ago. The regime has changed. I do think they're, they're trying to make a lot of changes to modernize the brand. And that's one of the things that we just went over an article here this morning that CrossFit is finally looking at doing some affiliate support, like some business support, whether it is education, um, but they're finally going to try to take this th same thing that John and I talk about all the time. The reason CrossFit affiliates opened, like, I mean, they were spreading like fucking wildfire is that it was easy to do. Yeah. It cost me, I could have opened an affiliate with a lot less equipment and a lot more modest location than I did. But even then it just cost me $40,000 for bottom oh, up, sure. bottom up to get the whole thing started equipment and everything. Right. You ain't yeah. going to do it for a 10th of that in a 24 hour gym, not even close. And just to get the franchise name, you yeah. know what I mean? You're talking yeah. like it's it's a major difference. And that's where we're like drawing that line in the sand between an affiliate model and a franchise model. Yeah. It truly is like apples. But, but the CrossFit brand did make it very easy for coaches to become gym owners. It, it, became, it was a very easy way to stoke that fire of your passion for helping people, your passion for spreading fitness. And it started to make it very easy for you to kind of do your own thing because you didn't have this big looming overhead that you had to just somehow come up with. And frankly, if you're a young coach, you're probably not swimming in the money yet. So you either would need to go to investor and then become immediately thrown into businessman, fucking psycho swimming with the sharks type shit, 
or you can just start with some clients and get moving, but still have the support of a larger brand if that brand is what you do, if that is what you believe in. And so that worked. That got them from zero affiliates to an absolute shitload of affiliates. Then became the problems. And the problem is, is that while giving somebody support for, you know, staff education, a two-day seminar is not enough. It's enough to sharpen some things up. And I'll say this. I don't believe the CrossFit level one is a bad certification at all. Frankly, I think there's a ton of good stuff to be gotten out of it. If you're going, I think it it misses some zoomed out perspective a little bit, but if you need to learn how to teach somebody generally how to squat, some of the basics of Olympic weightlifting, some of the basics of the movements that CrossFit defines as a priority, groovy. I'm with it. Like I thought, I thought the people that ran the staff, I knew we know people on the level one staff. I've coached yeah. people on the level one staff, um, great people. And they know their stuff for sure. I thought it lacked context in the larger programming in the larger prioritization of what's done for ex- exercises and why. And when I, I finally got tired of listening to people think that CrossFit is fast Olympic weightlifting for reps. And then at that point and kipping pull-ups, I was like, you're focusing on the dumbest shit. I'm out. Like it's, it's the least valuable stuff in my opinion in the training methodology. And it just became way too much is what I was seeing, but well, good. It was, it was, it, it, that's all it ended up being though. Like the, the guidance and the support from HQ ended up just being workout focused. Yeah. And that's not where like, that's not where the and, gym owners and one know, and done, not even ongoing. It, not even right. ongoing. Like it, it, it's like they do, they did the thing that a lot of businesses do. We're guilty of this from time to time. They make a PDF of something and it's good. It's a guide. And then we're never going to update it. And we're going to put it out to anyone that asks, and we're going to charge a thing. Now we have this thing, this single product forever and out it goes. This is it. No, no, no. We have, we've already thought about this. We're not, we're not updating. No, 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 no. Yes. And, yes. The snatch and fucking clean and jerk are like standardized in the nine fundamental mo- Jesus Christ, dude. How fucking stupid is this to be jamming? Er- and of course, everybody can be scaled into. I get it. But the, the, the that was never really discussed. Like, yeah, there really is probably not a reason for a lot of people to be doing this, let alone fast, guys. Let alone fast. Now, ultimately, we appreciate the fact that <laughs> of their rigidity and refusal to update that because out of that born a lot of cottage industry things that came out of those problems, which you and I originally then did yeah. because somebody's like, well, got to, somebody's got to help fix all these injured people. So we spent a couple years, few up. years in Europe teaching seminars because <laughs> everybody is fucking hurt. But, and that's, by the way, this is also, but that's because they can't teach everything and they can't teach fundamental logic and they can't teach people. You can't, are they supposed to tell these gym owners what to charge on the business side of things, how much to charge, how much to pay their employees, all that left to a, and then what you get is a lot of businesses. So I should just mute myself. It's all right. You get a lot of these businesses then that are poorly representing the brand. And 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 that becomes a problem when a business is not able to be profitable, they churn out shitty products. And that's the one thing with the franchise model is it, Everything is set in the beginning with a point where it's going to be, this is what it's going to take for it to be profitable. This is what we have to charge. This is the scale of leads we need to get. This is what we need to sell. This is what people need to be paid. And in return, the math adds up to this. And then that means now we can operate and now everything works. A lot of these John, we know gym owners, we've seen gym owners that come in, they're just not charging enough. That was one of the things addressed here in this article on yeah. the morning chalk up was that these affiliate owners are just not charging enough. A lot of them. 
And it's because they're just, now they're afraid to raise the prices, but because of it, they can't grow. They can't get new staff. So you're in this not even just stagnated thing. You're just, you're rotting. Your business is turning into gangrene and it needs to, it's, it's falling apart right in front of you. And, and you are getting, because you don't have that guidance, right? It is nice to see that they have identified that. Cause that's something a lot of, a lot of gym owners and a lot of us have realized that it's all of these individual affiliates, they're kind of figuring these things out in their own time frame. So it was like, if you made it out of 2020, you had to do something that was unique or different because yeah. you weren't getting a lot of guidance, but there's a lot of gyms and a lot of gym owners that we're talking to on a weekly basis where it's, they got out of 2020, but they're like, they're still just breaking even. Like they're just barely kind of getting things moving to where it is. Like you said, it's that constant state of they just feel like something has to be changing. Something has to be different, but they have no idea what to do. And like you said, those feelings like they're getting in their gut is from that rot of years of rot, not realizing that not just their gym, but like majority of the gyms that are, whether they're CrossFit gyms or folks de-affiliated, but they never, you know what I mean? They just removed the name CrossFit is that almost exclusively, I mean, Tyler, when we talked, I don't think I've spoken to, I've won. We've, we've, in the last five years, we've talked to one gym that wasn't underpriced. Yeah. Pretty much. Otherwise it just is exclusively, it is, it's a major problem because you don't, you don't know. And, and you didn't get into the gym business because you were good at business. I also think that part of the reason that the pricing, that the CrossFit affiliate pricing is price too low is in the beginning, these gyms were simply competing with access. Most gyms were access or, you know what I mean? So it was like, well, geez, if I open up here, when you're early on, when you're kind of an innovator in your, in your market, it's difficult to come in and charge three times what the next guy charges four times. I mean, your, your, your affiliate should be four to five times as much a month as the average 24 hour gym in your area. Like nearly, right? Does that sound about right? Four for sure. Five probably ideally. Yeah. You learn, I mean, if for it really to work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that is a thing that people didn't want to come in and do, but you knew you couldn't make it work at $45 a month or 50 bucks a month. So you charge it a hundred or 110 or 120. Right. And it's like, bro, that ain't it's just not going to cut it. It's, just, it's a different proposition. Uh, people weren't used to that being positioned in the marketplace and it not, and it became something um, that like a lot of people, when they get new to sales, when they get new to, to needing to make an ask, they're afraid to even just say the number. Yeah. They're just afraid. And so you don't want to have to say that. So they would t- dampen it down and it still wouldn't work for them. And it would still be a problem for the clients that thought a $50 product offer was going to come across the table. And so it was a lose, lose for everybody. There, there's a piece though that I liked that because of CrossFit being an affiliate um, model and not a true franchise model is that we've seen this in the business consulting side for the gym owners, where it is because of the affiliate model, you really had a lot of flexibility. Correct. And I think which that, I love. And that does, yeah. As long as you like, it either it can be the most freeing thing that you get, or the most crippling thing that you get depending on your personality of how creative you are and how willing you are to kind of adapt what your vision is of what you want to do to you know your particular gym and your particular community there's a big difference between a don't fucking tell me what to do attitude right which is i really prefer Mm -hmm. and a 
I don't ever want to fucking learn anything kind of attitude. Those are different. And I do think that that became those two separate attitudes kind of became one in the way uh, a lot of CrossFit affiliate owners did, had their thing, which was, uh, and there is, we, we've talked to a lot of them that wouldn't change training methodology, no matter how many people got fucking hurt, wouldn't consider programming differently, wouldn't consider teaching differently. No matter how many people were coming in, ripping their shoulders. I just don't understand why I have to have Sally, why Sally homeowner here, Sally housewife here can't be just ripping 20 snatches in a row simply because I wrote it down on paper. What the fuck are you doing, dude? And so it became the the spots where they gave them freedom. A lot of the times people fucking strayed a little too far from the path. Sure. And and as is normal, but they've come back now and they're going to offer... Listen, it's an affiliate starter kit. I haven't gone through what this thing is here, but let's just, I'm just going to list what the things are. And I'm going to give them the credit and say that maybe each one of these steps is thorough and not simply like a two-page PDF, but we'll see. Um, It runs on a welcome page, a welcome module, telling your story, creating a business plan, financial planning, choosing your location, securing your location. Can we pause? Hold on. So like already, like right out the gate, it's you already have a business, so this is not like a starter kit. Like it, it only yes. does you so good. You know what I mean? This. Like it's like holy shit. Like I'm <laughs> yes. already operating. So yes. it's like you telling me how I can uh, be able to find like the best optimal size facility for my gym. Does it only tells me how fucked I am if this is already screwed up? That is like true. It, like it would be anyway. That would be very overwhelming. It'd That's be a good very overwhelming. <laughs> if I'm already operating, being yeah. like, oh, this is how you start over. And be like, oh well, my god. There is some of that too when John and I get up and get up and get a hold up. When we start working with a business, is there sometimes we get into it, we go, oh shit. It's like, uh, you're not gonna like any of the things we're gonna say, but you have to change some things. And it's all yours to change. But like some of these problems cannot be just, we can't just lean, lean away from them and they're not gonna get better. But to go on with choosing your location, securing your location, designing your facility, building your brand, marketing, sales operations, financial management, staff development, and looking ahead. Now, all those are great subjects to cover. I think that is uh, 14 more modules than they were offering anybody before. I don't know how thorough they are. Any information that that a a new affiliate owner can have in these regards is better than they were getting before. Um, They're also also doing affiliate partner networks, roundtables, programming, playbooks, marketing kits as well. So there's, there's a lot of stuff. You get access to it for six months while you compete the course. Um, so, yeah, I mean, props to them for recognizing. And the truth is, though, it's because, again, they needed to get seeds planted everywhere. And they did that over the course of, you know, 15 years. They got yeah. the seeds everywhere. Everybody in the fitness space kind of knows what a CrossFit gym yeah. is. Maybe they're all very delusional on what CrossFit actually is, what it means as a fitness mes- methodology. They just see whatever it is, but they know that it's a thing. It exists in the space and they see fit people with abs around their community that are coming from those gyms and wearing those shirts. So I think that's a good thing that they've got that far, but now it's time to rein in some quality control for one and quality control usually comes from a little bit of profitability. Okay. Okay. Quality really is, goes in the tank when there's not enough money to pay anybody to manage anything and nobody involved has any incentive to deliver a high value product. High value is quality control in my opinion. Yeah. Right. That's just what it is. It is more valuable. If I can deliver a higher value product, my QA is on point. That's, that's, that's the, that's the way I look at it. I cannot deliver a high value product if I do not have any money. 
can't, I can't pay people. I can't care. I'm too stressed. Things start to slide. Processes start to fail. Systems start to fail. um, And everything starts to get behind. And then the product on the floor begins to lack. Well, and that is one of the more valuable pieces that you get from a franchise because you put that money down. The reason why a franchise can afford to give you all the systems, all the processes, all the bells and whistles, all the software, like all the pieces is because you've paid up front. So they have the means to be able to continue to develop that out. Like we've, we've um, like a nine round, right? That, that Mm -hmm. boxing franchise, like the amount of shit that they give those guys of like what just right out of the box to be able to run their thing. Looking at that franchise from the inside is very impressive of like what they have built out that doesn't exist for a CrossFit model. And I think it's, and but I think that there is, there's elements to it specifically on the pricing where you and I have come across other folks that are in um, the, the consulting space for gym owners where I, I hate the rigidity of like, this is what you pay all your people. Like yeah. this is the amount like this where it ends. And this is my, my bigger concern without looking at exactly what's inside of like their starter kit. And as you start to introduce like these business practices or these business models is when was this last updated? What is the advice? Cause is the advice like everybody else where it's like, well, this is actually how you start it. Now everyone does personal training only, or everyone does semi-private mm-hmm. only. And this is exactly what you pay. And this is how you handle it. And this is how you do rate increases. Like there is that element of like that creativity and adaptability to your local market and your local communities that I think is really important that it can't just be a one size fits all, but humans, when they get their hands on, well, this is what, this is the starter kit. And the starter kit says I have to do X, Y, or Z. If you don't, if you haven't been dabbling in this world of like trying to figure these things out for yourself, if you run the habit of just doing whatever someone tells you to do, you're going to have a mass, like for me, that's a big red flag. I would be worried about a lot of these affiliates coming in and being like, oh, well, this is what we're supposed to do. It's like, dude, this was good advice back in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Not And the other thing that I think is interesting is that I don't see, I, I see CrossFit affiliates talking about nutrition sometimes. Rarely, um, but from a top-down thing, CrossFit has been ex- as a as a company has been extremely involved in nutrition. Mm. They have been fighting back against big sugar. They have pushed. They pushed very hard for many different types of, but essentially like just holistic, clean, normal eating. Right? Sure. They got this weird attachment to paleo and zone and all this stuff, but it, that also all is pretty fucking reasonable. Sure. I don't care what anybody says about it. Like you hear paleo and it's like, oh, some fucking trend. It's like, what do you mean? Like that I just eat mostly not processed foods? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And now, so you give it a brand so that then it can be shat, shat upon, right? But yeah. I don't think, anyway, I think that there's a, from the top down, at least from the Glassman era, you know, during the Glassman era, there's a big understanding that nutrition is extremely important. Mm-hmm. That's why it's taught in the level one, by the way. They teach you how to go through the whole thing with the zone diet, which is kind of like, uh, what do you, kind of like Weight Watchers where there's like points assigned and, you know, sure. or whatever, right? But yeah. it's a practical way if you needed just a cheat sheet to run off of. It's not, it's not stupid. Yeah. You know, it really isn't. And so, but there is then no guidance on how to fucking teach that how to it's just here's what it is how to sell that how to guide people in that and now i'm sure there are continuing education seminars that happen two times a fucking year 
um, that are that maybe exist, but maybe haven't existed since 2020. And a lot of those, you know, things keep drying up in their education circuit. But I was bothered by the fact that there was no integration of that into the business model. And those are the things that I think when John and I talk about designing Mm -hmm. your fitness business around the success of your potential fitness clients, that needs to be, I mean, not a part of your product, but it needs to be offered to them. It needs to be a product that people can buy. It needs to be a service that can be delivered because these people are not changing their food habits. They're not going to have success. And if they don't have success, you suck. Your business sucks. It doesn't work. And you do not get very many second, third, and fourth chances in the fitness industry, especially when you're the most expensive one around. Because you can't, like we've said, it's, you can't just be a place for people to work out. There has to be a differentiating factor. And the reality is, is that as we see more major players coming into the space of boutique gyms and studios is that they will, that one, some, one of them will figure this out Mm -hmm. and they will start to implement this and have it be part of their normal offering and their normal um, like packages. But then you're going to have lots and lots of players that are just going to be places to work out. So you, it's yeah. going to become more imperative that you have those things that are really clearly stated of how you're going to look different. We talk about, there's one thing I really like that they have proposed and it kind of pushes me more towards like, if you're somebody that's listening, you don't give a fuck about CrossFit or any, anything to do with this topic of like how you can start to implement some of these strategies that CrossFit's super excited about. Cause they're going to bring out, but like you could have been doing all along. Yeah. Like you don't need to have business daddy tell you what to do. And one of the things that I like they're going to talk about is the idea of having mentor gyms. Business mentors. Yeah. Other gym owners. Yeah. Yeah. Like the idea of like building that network or building that network, right. Is that for me, it's like, it's always, there's like three core things when it comes to business. And as you want to be able to upgrade and it's either you're upgrading your skill set, you're upgrading your network or you're upgrading like the people that are in your business. And like out of those three things, if anything starts to feel out of whack, you can step back and just look at, all right, where's my skill set? Where are the people that I have in my business? Or where's my network at? And what needs to be improved that allows me to be able to level up to the next thing that I need to work on? And you didn't need to have your HQ affiliate, whatever the fuck, be the person to tell you, you should probably get a fucking mentor. You should have a business mentor. Like it's crazy that that comes in 15 years after their existence. That does become a bit wild. Yeah. Like the idea of like who, and this is where you and I really, I just, I wasn't so aware of how many people were really just recreating the fucking wheel until we got to the pandemic. Yeah. And that's when, because we were in the CrossFit world, educational online fitness space, we had all these gym owners that were reaching out of being like, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. Like we're doing this. It's like, none of you, none of you are talking to anyone. Yeah, you're, no talk, you're talking to the people who are teaching you how to squat. Like we're teaching you guys on movement. So we're, you know, like I said, we we're in the fitness education side of the thing. So you're coming to us and I appreciate the sympathy and coming to me for sympathy or whatever in that time. But what do you, it's like, you're not talking to anybody else about your business. And it's like, then what the fuck are you paying us for? Especially at that time. Right. It's like, then what are you, you've, you spent all these resources learning about the fucking nervous system and you're starving and you're not helping people and you can't sell and you got six fucking clients. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Take that money and make it actually work for you so that you can be in a position to help people instead of learning this stuff in a vacuum. And we got to the point where. Like you said, these people were just trying to reinvent the wheel from the bottom up, which is 
a microcosm of what this kind of franchise versus starting from scratch idea is or affiliate model because it's a bit different right. versus starting from scratch model is 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 that you got to have some sort of idea what the path laid in front of you is at the very least what the consequences are of you choosing a b or c maybe there's not even a bad decision just know that down path a is path a stuff and down road c <laughs> is road c stuff not yeah. just i just i didn't understand how delusional and fucking short-sighted a lot of gym owners were not all y'all some of y'all are great but most of the ones that we talked to john uh, have believe wholeheartedly in nutrition for coaching for for getting results nutrition for health nutrition for mental health nutrition for fitness nutrition for performance every they have big huge opinions on what can do spend a ton of money to learn on it none of them sell a nutrition product in their gym john how many gyms do we go to that you could that, that do we go to and that, that we talk to to when we audit or talk with when we audit Mm -hmm. that like what percentage sell nutrition coaching as a day one option as a product can be bought i'm going to go less than five percent it I might even be three or four three percent i would say that's a hundred percent accurate and it depends on too where you're looking yeah. right if you're talking about like their actual sales materials or what they put in front of somebody non-existent zero five for sure five percent right yeah. like it could be less and then look at their social media like it's like it's 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 shockingly low for something that's so important but again, so for, for these gym owners, though, to, to know and recognize that and then not bake that into their system, it's like, what the fuck? For these gym owners to know that they need to learn from other coach, know that they need to have a coach in the, their fitness stuff. They have a coach for that. And yet nothing yeah. for the business, nothing at all. I, I just it was very it's it's very alarming to see a lot of those holes. So when you get into at the very least a a franchise model or some sort of top-down system, franchise or affiliate, that's thorough. Because I do believe CrossFit's affiliate program was lacking extremely in value. You were only buying the right to put CrossFit TM on your page. That right. was that on your name. That was it. And so finally, I do believe that the short of global brand visibility, that they're actually maybe being able to fill in some value underneath that. Um, let's go uh, interesting hypothetical, John. I'm ready. Do you think CrossFit would have been more productive, more, not maybe not more productive, but tell me what you think would have happened if CrossFit was a actual franchise from the beginning? Well, you wouldn't have spread as fast. That's correct. Right, right out the gate, right? It would have been more costly. Um, I would be, it's so funny when you think about it, like, and we weren't, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared for this question, Tyler, but it's, but it's like in the back of my mind, it, you would have had Starks would have been around way sooner i think it would have been acquired multiple times by now first oh, yeah. up, at a much absolutely. smaller scale absolutely i'm very interested to see the direction that it would have gone from like where it would have tried to place itself in the market if it were to create a singular product vibe like a 24-hour spot where there's color themes equipment standardized and all those things if I'm being honest, I that that level of standardization for the CrossFit business model, I really like. I would have rocked. I really do like it. In my opinion, if CrossFit would really do some top-down stuff or or like I don't know how you do it at this point, maybe but like I think that would be this it would be all of the things that this Nike play that we talked about last week, Nike getting into studios except yeah. with a real shot at being about real fitness. 
and like and like all around fitness and and now the issue I always I always took with what this this would be the franchise model would be and with what CrossFit people who were too diehard about class fitness and group fitness stuff is it really did limit the businesses and what they could do for other people what you can do for teenagers with specific goals what you can do for you know how how that business model works if you're gonna run a teens program well how focused can that be if we are only doing constantly varied functional movement at high intensity. Okay, well, can we periodize some stuff because this 15 year old's got eight weeks with me, or do I just need to throw constant variation at them? Right? Can we, can I, can I lean into some of this stuff? And I do think that there was a lot of educational information that went out to diffuse some of that, but it left this current model that we have left the CrossFit affiliates in a position to plug in some of these other types of things. Say, McDonald's is not going to have a McDonald's steakhouse edition, most likely. Right. Right. But you can do that with your CrossFit affiliate. John, do you think um, do you think the brand would still be around if, let's just say, it went franchise in 2010? I think well, it – well, tr truly, if I think about it, I think it would be when it was on the rise, like meteoric rise and being a household, household known name, if you had the proper amount of money behind it, because I think that that's always what the real truth behind CrossFit is that it was, it was um, not leveraging. It was just bleeding. Mm -hmm. I think there's aspects of it because there's just not enough money. So they became the classic of like, you're not, you can't pay your bills. You're not making enough money. And so you just continue to scale up more and more and more and yeah. more and more affiliates. But like at a meteoric rise to be able to have like Apple, level notoriety and at like that type of money i think you could have ended up having it be i i totally think it would have been around i think it would have been like still top tier yeah now i think in my opinion i think that cost him a lot of legitimacy oh for sure which is weird because i think the the loose attitude cost him a shitload of legitimacy too but you you lose a lot of legitimacy but you might be 5x 10x times the location size right now. yeah you're, you may have sold out yeah. Right. Cause I, th I think that's ultimately what it would have been instead of it being like a grungy, like, you know, orange County, California at like at the fucking beach style, anybody can do this thing or run it. And it's going to be like corporate USA. Yeah. But I, I think it would have ended up being, I think it just would have allowed it to just, like you said, it could have had a clear deviation of like what it is as a franchise and then what it is as like a sport. Like, I think you had a little bit more, you just would have had more money to play with. Yeah. Not have those people be the ones involved. But I think all of those lessons, right. Everything that we're here, like it's whatever those struggles were, you, they don't have to be your struggle. And you also don't have to be a part of a franchise and you don't have to be a part of affiliate model in order to have mentors. And in order to have a strong network and in order to have a fucking clue of what you're going to do, you can do this all with your own business. And if you look at what these, you know, I have a list here of kind of like some of the main benefits that we, when we assess a business, John and I over, you know, if it's a franchise or otherwise, where we talk with an investor who's looking at getting into one or the other, um, these are some of the criteria that we run to. And the, really the benefits of having a franchise, I'll run through this quick, is you get brand buzz, Okay. It really is built in, especially if you're in a major market. You don't need to hand-to-hand -hand network your way through. Um, you have a playbook in hand. You just have a game plan to follow. Um, you have support. You're going to have corporate. You're usually going to have regional like people that are attached to you who are able to help in your development. They, you have marketing resources that are pooled not just from you but from the 
larger franchise franchisees in general bulk discounts you get great deals on supplies you're usually not just buying them for your gym you're getting priced as though there's five thousand gyms you know what i'm saying your, your buying power is much much higher similar to the way that like furniture stores yeah, um, are able to leverage their stuff um faster return on investment learning curve is shortened you get processes you don't got to stumble through all these mistakes the path is already laid down so you, you can stray from it a little bit but at least you kind of know what direction due north is. Um, networking is there. You can really not only just be with other gym owners or other business mentors, but ones that operate your systems as well, um, which is a big yeah. advantage. Um, you get to be the boss without completely starting from scratch. Um, and there is an exit strategy because a franchise, guys, if you're gonna if you're gonna sell a 24-hour fitness gym that is a franchise that people know, uh, you have a chance that someone's gonna want to buy it. Okay. If you are a, if you're John and Tyler's fitness emporium and it's a single location, when once John and Tyler leave, that business is not worth much more than the equipment, the equipment. that's sitting in it. Yeah. And that's, that's tough. Yeah. So, but it's important to know that if you are doing your own thing, if you know the support that the franchise type models can give you from the top down, those just become things that you, those are things now that you know, you need to lean a little harder into because you lack them. You know that you do not have that type of marketing support. You know that you need to spend a very high amount of effort in building your brand locally. Lean into being a local brand. Lean into being locally owned. But you need to, you can't be the local spot and just shut up and not say anything on your social media and For not sure. present anybody with offers. You need to be noisy. Okay, you got to be a disruptor then because anybody can come. You can open up anytime fitness down the block here, right? And you don't got to say shit or advertise locally and people are just going to know they're going to see and they know what it is. Yep. I open my spot in the same location. I got to be making noise. People don't know what I am. They, there's, there's conversations that have to happen before they understand what goes on in this gym and whether or not it's for them. Well, That's it, tough. You got to be able to make that noise. Yeah, you have to. You have to lean into the fact that you get to be unique that you get to come in and have creative control, all, all the positives, right? The positives of owning your own spot and owning your own business is that it's, you get to do all those things. So you have to be leaning into them because otherwise you're taking like the superpower of owning your own shit and you're just like not using it. You're just like, yeah, yeah no, 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 we'll just sit. We'll hope that in five years, we'll just get enough referrals and it'll be fine. Yeah. Like you just, you have to be able to take it by the horns. And that's oftentimes where, folks that we talk to, it is a different mindset. So we talk to whether it is specifically CrossFit gym owners, or we talk to folks that have their own boutique spots. And it is, a, it's a different conversation where it is like, how do I get attention? And then the opposite is like, how do I change what people's already existing opinions are of me? And that's consistent whether it's CrossFit or or franchise owners. It's like we're dealing with totally different issues, totally, especially from marketing. So for yes. the marketing piece, it's like it's like, well, we have to deal with what people think they know about us. And then on your your mom and pop spots where you just have created your own thing, it's gonna be it's we just need people to know that we exist. We're the yeah. best kept secret in town. Yeah. So I'm excited. I think I think that there is a lot of CrossFit affiliates that survived 2020. Not, there's a lot that didn't, but there's a lot that mm -hmm. survived 2020. Um, and they're back and their idea of kicking ass is barely staying afloat right now because it's better than 2020. 
And that's the thing that I see a lot out of gym owners right now is they're like, oh, well, at least the government doesn't have my doors closed. It's like you cannot accept this as a standard of success right now. It's just not like now that you're back to you're back to normal and normal is barely making enough money. Normal is working a shitload of hours. Normal is not really seeing where this upside is. Normal is not seeing the pathway to 2Xing and 5Xing your business. Normal, like if you don't see the what you need to do in order to do that and you're content in where you're at, like that sucks. That's not normal. That's not, that's not a normal that I would want to be defending. So I like that now that there's been, the smoke has settled a little bit. Mm-hmm. And finally now some people are going to start to put together something that can help these people push forward. Because we need, you need progress. And the thing, by the way, the one thing I think that, that CrossFit HQ has gotten well, and I think they did this right, and they talked nutrition. And when they went after, they spent millions of dollars to soup Coca-Cola and go, go after all of that kind of bad research and like fake science that was going on during the sugar versus fat during, you know, all that yeah. shit that was going on, um, that they did a really, really good job fighting that fight. Because I do believe that the organization, at least outwardly, wants to spread fitness on a global scale. Sure. You want 40, 50, 100 million people partic- have, to have participated in a CrossFit affiliate in one way or another. And by doing that, you're truly spreading health and fitness across the world. I do believe that that sits as the mission. Um, in me, For me as a gym owner, that was my, that's what I wanted. So that seemed to make sense to me. Once they started getting too much into the competitions and all the other shit, um, it became less compelling to me because it seemed like they had lost sight of that vision. Now, this seems like a step in the right direction. I 100% agree. I think if you're a brand new gym owner, you're listening to this podcast because you're doing your due diligence, trying to just consume as much shit as you can just within the gym owner sphere because you're thinking about opening up a spot. You don't know exactly what it wants to look like, but you're thinking about it in the next year or so or whatever. I think this is awesome. Having a starter kit for new gym owners right out of CrossFit HQ makes that now a little bit more approachable than maybe it was a year or two ago. My problem is, is that if you are an already existing gym, the starter (laughs) kit is not whatever is in there and whatever they have planned. If you are a CrossFit affiliate and you've been treading water, You've been breaking even like month to month and that struggle is real. And that rot that Tyler, that you talked about earlier, right? Like that rot is setting in and you just know you need to change, but you don't know what you need to do. The starter kit for new gym owners and whatever HQ has planned for their next couple of years rollout with this new focus is not going to help you this month. Correct. It just isn't. It's not going to be fast enough. And so that's where for me it is. You have to make sure that you find networks or communities like for us, the gym owners revolution that you can find right in the show notes, in the link in the description of being able to find people that are trying to do this in real time. And this is the piece where for us, it's usually not an issue of like, you've, you've done the time you've now struggled for us. It's like, how fast can we get you now moving in the right direction? Yeah. And that is the piece where right now it's going to be like, we, we're trying to identify what are these top five issues that you're dealing with right now? And how can we immediately start making improvement, not hoping eventually that somebody comes around and helps you figure it out that's yeah. tied to your brand? Get some wins. Get some wins this month. Okay. Yeah. Links in the description for all that noise. Follow John at JBanksFL. Follow me at Tyler F. and Stone, Tyler EFF, I and Stone. Follow the show at Jim Morris Podcast or go to jimmorrisrevolution.com. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>